is the anthem of the adventurer. The show for men who are tired of forsaking their dreams, who are willing to risk, to dare greatly, and know in their soul that their desire for adventure is good. It's time to venture into the wild places in our hearts. Here's your host, Dan Saner. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Anthem of the Adventurer podcast. I'm your host, Dan Zayner, coming to you from my adventure shed in the backyard once again. We are still under social distancing, and I am actually enjoying that today. (laughs) Birds are singing, we had a thunderstorm outside, and... uh, you know, it's not so bad out here. Uh, so I hope wherever you're at in this interesting time that we live in, that uh, you are finding some some peace and joy and beauty in the midst of all of the crazy. That being said, got some resources for you before we get into our interview today. I, whew, I'm so excited to share this with you. But I uh, want to share a couple things that will be really helpful for processing this time and still moving towards more wholehearted masculinity, which is what we are all pursuing right now, or femininity for our female listeners. Love you, ladies. Um, So a couple things that uh, are out there that would be really helpful for you in this time. Um, Our friends over at SEAL Team Leaders, Larry Atch and the team over there, have put out an amazing course. Uh, It's called the SEAL Success Academy. It's probably the best thing I've seen Larry produce uh, in the three years that I've known him. Goes through really what success is, and it's not what you think. It goes very much along the lines of wholeheartedness. And uh, it's really, really great. It's 35 days worth of content delivered daily, and it's really, really good. So check that out at sealteamleaders.com. On the Ransomed Heart side of things, uh, I'm putting together another virtual study. We're wrapping up our six-week study of John Eldridge's new book, get your life back on Monday, but starting in a couple of weeks, we're going to be going into Ann Sons Volume 4. So the Ann Sons Magazine by Luke and Sam and Blaine Eldridge and the rest of the team at Ransom Tart chipping in there. We're doing a virtual study. So getting on Zoom Monday nights at 930. So if you want to find that, you can look for us on ransomedheart.com slash allies. And typing in right, typing it in right now to see how you can find it. But <laughs> if you search for and sons in there, uh, you should under virtual communities. Make sure you put it in the keywords, not in the location search. <laughs> then, you, then you'll find it. Uh, so look for and sons, and uh, and you'll find it there. Um, but looking forward to processing that in community with you guys gonna be awesome and uh yeah really really great we're doing seven weeks of that i can't wait so that is starting may 25th 9 30 eastern time Uh, so look for that anson's volume 4 virtual study and then last but not least which gets into who we're talking with today morgan snyder is coming out with a book called becoming a king and it is so good. Uh, I've, I've read the first three chapters. I pre-ordered the book. Uh, definitely 
recommend it and we'll be doing a study of that when it comes out at uh, the end of the month uh, the book comes out and then in June the study comes out so after we're done with the Anson's seven weeks we'll be doing Becoming a King uh, same idea there you'll be able to find that on the Ransom Art Allies Network and of course we'll put all these links in the show notes and in the Anthem of the Adventurer Tribe group on Facebook so you can find it there now into our guest of the day I'm so excited to be able to share with you my friend Morgan Snyder. He is a awesome guy who is devoted to the long, hard, messy work of excavating the masculine soul and becoming more wholehearted by doing in the daily, but measuring in the decades. He's been working with John Eldridge for 20 years. And uh, in 2010, he established Become Good Soil, which is a fellowship of leaders whose global reach offers guidance for the narrow road of becoming the kind of person to whom God can confidently entrust the care of his kingdom. So he serves on the executive leadership team at Wild at Heart and Ransom Heart Ministries out in Colorado. And he's led over a decade of Become Good Soil intensives and Wild at Heart boot camps like the one I got to attend back in October. He loves going off the grid every chance he gets, bow hunting in Colorado or choosing the, the adventurous life with his greatest treasures, his wife, Sherry, his son, Joshua, and his daughter, Abigail. Today, we talk about some really deep stuff. We talk about everything from the importance of beauty and God as mother, but also what is a fully integrated man look like and what is his effect on people? What is this kingly thing that we're looking for uh, to build in ourselves? How do we then go into that? It's just it's just awesome. I'm not going to talk anymore. You just need to get into it. It's great. Um, we had a really interesting time talking as a thunderstorm was rolling in. So uh, you may hear some interesting audio from time to time as uh, you get into the interview. But looking forward to getting you into everything that Morgan's got to share. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Anthem of the Adventurer podcast. I'm so excited to bring this great conversation with my friend Morgan Snyder from Become Good Soil and Ransomed Heart. Oh, man, I just love this guy and everything he does. We're going to do some more intro on him later, but we're going to get into our stage setting challenge, which I love to start off a conversation like this. So Morgan, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. On in this crazy time when there's a thunderstorm outside and a pandemic and everything else, it it seems like we're back in the Old Testament. Yeah, it's good, and it's just good to be with a like-hearted ally. You know, there are a lot of men out there, that, but there are a few that are really saying yes to risking becoming, to risking looking inside their soul, and risking wondering. Um, how do they become more and more wholehearted, more strong, more true, more the man that God meant when he meant him? And you're one of those men. And I've really enjoyed our conversations earlier before this. So great to be with you. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it uh, so much. So let's let's set the stage here for those few, for those men who want to be more wholehearted and women. Uh, we've got some great ladies who listen to us as well. What would you challenge me and the audience to do in this next week? after this comes out, to embrace some more adventure in our lives? 
Um, we live in an increasingly artificial world. And one of the antidotes and one of the healing acts is to immerse ourselves in real things that we cannot control. And so my question would be, what can you do to punt on artificial and do something real? If you're on a treadmill, then find concrete. If you're on concrete, find dirt. If you're already on a trail, go without a trail. Do something to remove the artificial. If you have kids, do it with them. Do things, submit yourself to something that you cannot control, but you can only participate. I transplanted eight very small ponderosa pine saplings into my mm. yard. They need care. And everything in the maximizer in me wanted to rig a drip system and make it as efficient as possible. And God said, these are for your salvation. Ooh. You water them with a hose every day, all summer, without a phone in your pocket, with no technology. You drag a hose and you stand there and you do the work to care for them and let it be my caring for you. That would be my challenge. I love that. And I, I chuckle because uh, when I had a conversation with Sam and Blaine, the same thing happened where when they challenged me, I already had it on the calendar. So that's awesome. This, this Saturday, I'm getting a group of guys together, small group, social distanced, all that. But we're going to do a 16 mile hike starting at 6 a.m. on the Wabash awesome. Heritage Trail in the rain. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and then I'm Welcome. bringing my kids off roading in our, uh, our old Land Rover Discovery while my wife yeah. uh, goes to school and cleans up her, uh, her, her school room for the summer. It's, That'd be awesome. awesome. Great. <laughs> Good choice. Oh, man, I'd love setting the stage like that. So for the three guys out there who haven't heard of you before, who is Morgan and what are you about in this world? Oh, that's a, that's a question that needs a whiskey. Mm. And it needs We've got wife. tea, whiskey later. Okay. It's it. That question needs my wife here. It needs my kids mm. here. It needs my boss here. It needs my enemy here. It needs my friends here. And I would love to know what they would say. And I would love to know if their description sounded like they were describing the same man. And honestly, Dan, that's where my heart goes with that question. Mm. But having said that, what I could tell you of what I've come to know about who I am um, is I'm first a man. And that's not always something I really understood or believed or valued. Um, but I'm becoming a wholehearted man. I think to know that about me is to know I bear the image of God as a man. And I have to remember that. And I would like you to know that about me because mm -hmm. often when you see me, you see something less than that. You see my caricature, you see my fig leaf, you see what I put out to the world as an elaborate disguise to make life work apart from God. Mm -hmm. So I'm a man and um, 
I'm seeking to, I, I, I'm a student. I'm a student. I'm a man who's set my heart on becoming. I have a um, beginner's mind with wisdom's long view. And that has not been always so, but that's my heart's desire. Um, I'm a husband and I'm a father and I'm a lover of God. And I would love to become the kind of person where the things I just shared is about 90% of my life. And it's increasingly so with every day and every decade, but that would be 90%. And then beyond that, there's other things. I am passionate about shaping and being shaped by the men and the women who are shaping the kingdom of God and recovering it in our age. I love to dream. I'm an entrepreneur and a strategist, a teacher, um, but I love chasing wild. I love chasing anything wild um, with people that love what I love and uh, being on ventures together. Um, that's a little bit about me. I was so looking forward to how you're going to answer that question. And it didn't disappoint. Like, <laughs> unconventional, but very you. Like, uh, I was just, <laughs> I, I just kind of struck by you, most guys, when you ask that question, will say, oh, I do this, I, you know, and, and I like these right. things. And I got three kids and a mortgage and a day job, that kind of thing. Right. But well, it's interesting, Dan, like what I appreciate is I don't get off that asked that question very often. And so I want to give honest consideration. But, uh, you know, my mission is to be authentic with everyone, to be um, transparent with a few and intimate with even fewer. And so one of the filters I'm always using is how can I be authentic? And the other piece is, you know, Dallas Willard said, the most important thing about a man is not what he does. It's who he becomes. Mm. That's what we take into eternity. And so much of my life was about what I do. And so yeah. many of those early years were shaped, my validation hung on what I do. And you always are taking your report card and handing it to a person. But God is far more interested in who we become than what we do. And so even in my work with men, one of the things I do in increasing measure is try to strip away the titles. You know, at our highest level leadership event, the Become Good Soil Intensive, you're actually required, a couple things. One is you're required to, um, to uh, release your cell phone. It's confiscated at the door. So no one gets a cell phone, it goes in a lockbox. And the other is everyone is a chimney sweep. That's your job. <laughs> so you don't get to talk about what you do. And it's wonderfully disruptive. And so I guess I, in some ways, like I've, I've been practiced in knowing myself, um, not as what I do, but in who I am. And it's much more orientating to the life, orienting to the life of the kingdom. Mm, I love that. And talk about, you talk about the kingdom and, and especially in your, in your book that's, that's coming out. I, I can't wait for the whole thing. The first three chapters were great. I'm looking forward to leading some men through it. Um, you talk about this picture of the initiated king, the wholehearted king, what the integrated man, what does that look like? And like, what is his effect on people? That's a great question. What is his effect? What is his impact? And I think one way to get there is you start with what has been the impact of men that you have been under their leadership 
right? You just start oh, with man. the obvious. What were your coaches like? What were your teachers like? Right, Mr. McDonald, fourth grade, used to suck on his glasses and scream till he was red. And I'm remembering him right now. That was like 35 years ago, right? <laughs> my, my, my basketball coach, he hated that I was fat. He hated it because he had to find a place for me at every practice and every game. The games, it was on the bench. But he always had to ha find a place for my fat ass. We, we right? have found another place in common of being on the bench in basketball. <laughs> okay, there you go. So I was being formed under the, quote, care of those older men, right? And then also there were good men. I do remember, you know, three of the priests, I, I had a Catholic piece of my story, and three of them ended up being pedophiles as all the record came out. And you could feel it around them. Mm. But then there was one good man, Father Dennis. He was a father and he was a fly fisherman and he tied flies. And I don't remember much about him, but I remember it was always good to be near him. He was strong and he was kind. And so I. Oh, man. Do you still hear me? Yeah, it just ended okay. with Father Dennis. He was strong. He was kind. Okay. And so in responding to your question, I think I have to go back to the idea that every man has a kingdom. Every man has a realm that's been entrusted to his care. So does a woman. It's a place where we have say. It's where what we want done is done. You decided what you were going to eat for breakfast today. You decided where you were going to set up the Zoom call. And, and we have things that are under our realm. You know, my son was given a cell phone a couple years ago. He was bestowed on it as part of his initiation. Okay, so I'm going to pause here for a minute because this is where a thunderstorm interrupted our recording. Um, but I want you to hear how Morgan comes back into this with grace and with prayer. Uh, I, you don't hear a lot of guys who approach technical difficulties with prayer so i'm leaving this in here so that you can hear what this sounds like how it feels in your soul so pay attention to how morgan comes back from uh, getting cut off on the zoom meeting <laughs> i think the uh the thunderstorm is thwarting us a little bit okay great and i i switched um, I just went from Wi-Fi to cellular, hoping that that'll change the connection on my end. So, um, yeah, Jesus, we just bring your kingdom over the connection. We ask that you would rule and we bind thwarting and harassment and sabotage and everything that would come against your intentions for Dan and the anthem. God, this, the, the passionate tribe out there. God, we fight for what you fight for. So we ask that you would clear this debris in Jesus' name. Mm, amen. So I'll go. Do we just finish that thought? Yeah, yeah. Finish that thought. So, so, Dan, every man has a kingdom. Every woman has a kingdom. It was the first invitation in the garden to rule, right? After we were fashioned in the image of God, God set us loose to say, you, you are creators that get to create within creation and you get to rule and exercise my heart and character over everything. So we have a kingdom. And you know, my son was bestowed a cell phone a couple years ago, young teenager. And it was a grieving moment for a dad 
And when I really looked at my own soul, what I realized the grief was, I'm not ready for his kingdom to be beyond my kingdom. It saddens me to know the harm that can come. But also it was on time in his initiation. He was ready for that sort of power and leverage to do good or to do harm. And so yeah. it was bestowed on him as a kingdom expanding, right? As an enlarging of his kingdom. And the question always to a man is who's the man you bring to your kingdom and what will you do with it? And so most mm. men, um, you know, Dallas Willard said the, sto- the primary story of God is finding men in whom he can entrust his power. And the story of most men is being entrusted with power and it bringing harm to themselves and those under their care. And so when Mm. we talk about kingdom, it's very important to name everyone has a kingdom. And the invitation of masculine initiation is to become wholehearted, to live in union with God, recovering a path and a process over time that allows us to become the kind of man, the kind of person to whom God is glad to entrust the care of his kingdom. Mm. I, I love that imagery of that, that old ancient path and, and kind of pulling back the thistles and the thorns and, and, and finding the, the treasure way down the road. Um, at, the, at the end of that road, or maybe along it, um, what would you say a guy who is, is coming in from this warrior lover stage of, of life that, that John and, and you and the Ransom Heart team talk about, they're coming, coming around the bend of the warrior and lover into king. What does that man need to be confident in when he gets to that stage or maybe through that part of that journey? I think what I would suggest is I see them a lot more um, as layers than very clear-cut stages, right? My daughter is, um, rules a kingdom, but her kingdom is her bedroom. In her kingdom is her friendships. In her kingdom is the volleyball that she is responsible to keep air in and keep in the bin so that when we have time to play, we find the volleyball. And she struggles with getting her volleyball back to where it belongs. <laughs> Her socks are part of her kingdom, right? And so I think what's helpful in that question is we are being entrusted with more and more. But the problem is kingdoms grow faster by nature than character. We Mm. are builders, right, Dan? We are always building, particularly as men. Oh, yeah. We go building stuff right? We build names for ourselves. We build bank accounts. We build something. And regardless of what we say our motive is, whether it's for God or for our family or for legacy, we are incessant builders. And kingdoms have a way of enlarging, but we are not good pruners. We are not good at cutting off dead branches and pruning the alive ones. But Jesus says, you have to cut off the dead branches. You have to cut off the prune the live ones so they can bear even more fruit. And so most men end up in kingly roles, in kingly responsibilities where they have more kingdom than they have character. That is to say wholeheartedness to, to rule and to exercise a fierce mastery on behalf of others. What we see in most kingdoms 
are men that are actually boys on the inside. They've mm. not passed through initiation. They've not answered their questions. And so my question is, what is the timing of your development as a king, of your maturation as a king? Where is your kingdom oversized and it's propped up? And the storm will reveal that, that when the storm comes, it reveals the real strength of the roots. And it's only the storm that reveals what's underneath that we cannot see. It's only the drought that reveals the quality of the roots and the depth in which they can tap into the water table. And so that's how I would really um, reframe being a king. Mm. So, so what I heard you say is just being confident in how deep you are rooted in that river of life so that, well, we've got a literal storm outside. <laughs> Hopefully listeners aren't going to be able to hear it too much. But when that storm comes, that you'll be able to withstand it. And so that you'd be confident in your rooting in truth and in God and in real things deeply. So that you'll be able to withstand those storms and trials. Well, we, we put most of our energy in external things. We put our energy in the things that can be measured and quantified and seen. The Dallas Willard suggests that everything that's important is unseen. Mm. You just think about that. Everything that's important is unseen. And so what I suggest mm. is that the great task, the heroic task and the rare path for a man is to focus not on the externals, but focus on becoming, becoming good soil becoming deep roots, becoming the kind of person that as God plants the seed in us, when we are deep, rich soil, when we are well watered, when we have the capacity for roots to grow deep, when we like a good farmer pull out all the weeds, the tree will grow. All oh, the tree will grow. There's nothing God lavishes more than in entrusting the care of his kingdom to us. But we focus on the kingdom and not the preparation. And so I, it's an upside down kingdom, Dan. And my invitation to men is either now or later, that must be the focus. And when I say that, we can either um, suffer and we can withstand humiliation when our kingdoms topple and we become older men that have fought bravely and died quickly, or we can make the passion of our life and the central mission to be about excavating, overbuilding, to be forsaking shortcuts and choosing the slow and steady, to allow God to invite us into wholeheartedness over time, healing, restoration, deliverance, maturation, so that as more kingdom comes, we can handle it. Mm. That's really great. I, I, I've appreciated kind of watching your journey and, and, walking the few steps behind and one of the things I really liked about your approach to, to all this was just how many older men you you asked and sat at the, the foot like an apprentice and just asked them questions and and glean the little nuggets you could and, and treasures from their hearts do you want to share a little bit about what that process was like for you? Like what kind of questions do you like if you're 33 like me or maybe 25 or even 45 and, and wanting to learn more from some of these Kings and sages who have gone before, what would you, what would you ask guys like that? 
that we find ourselves in a moment in history in an age that really worships youth. It idolizes young. It, it puts value on information, on technology, on ideas, and even skill um, far more than it values wisdom. But there's a way <laughs> things work. It's always been so. There's a way the kingdom operates and it's built on the fabric of wisdom. Right? God says wisdom, Lady Wisdom was the craftsman at his side as he breathed all of creation into existence. And so it would do us well to recover a growth mindset with wisdom's long mm. view. One of my um, mentors was just aching with this reality as a young, lovely daughter, very smart. She's in the DC space in a very powerful lobbyist world. And he said, the, the invitation is to be perpetually 25. Oh, man. You always look 25. You're a mature woman with a beautiful body, and it can never age. And you're old enough to start a family, and you need to be superwoman. But you also have that robust career that never stops. And the pressures are simply metaphorically be a perfect 25. And that simply isn't true. Mm. And that's not a kingdom value. The scripture says, though, outwardly, we are wasting away. Inwardly, we are being renewed, right? And I have met older men, Dan, that are gray and wrinkled on the outside, but they have a light in their eyes and they have increasing joy, increasing strength on the inside. And they are strong and safe and the kind of men yeah. that you want to be with. That's what I appreciate about John uh, is like, I've only met him once in person, but even just that handshake at boot camp, uh, you know, the 30 seconds of him looking, looking at you and, and just like being really present was just yes. graciousness and love and joy just washing over you. Yes. So like, whoa, even, and even through video, like, I don't think we should, I shared this with you before, but facilitating a basic um the, the wild at heart basic going through the four days there the last day that facilitator briefing and john looks at you straight in the face and says well done i cried yes hmm. like well part of that was i haven't my dad is a wonderful man i love him dearly he loves me dearly and i know it but he has uh difficulty expressing that in words I haven't heard him say that really many times out loud. And it was as if God was speaking through John saying, I love you and your father loves you too. He just doesn't know how to say it all the time. Well, Dan, what's so important about that, it was God, the father speaking yeah. through John, right? But you had eyes to see it and a heart to receive it. And that's what I mean about becoming good soil. You are becoming good soil. You had eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the young orphaned part of you, that's not all of you, but that young part of you was being fathered in that moment and validated by the truth. You led a lot of heart basic. That's phenomenal. So few men take that risk. And you did it. And you led others to freedom. You offered what you've lived and by becoming good soil in time you become a king 
you become the kind of king that God can entrust his care. And so that is a beautiful picture of learning how to live as a response, as a son, responding to the father's initiative. And so often it's coming, but we haven't prepared the soil to receive it. You know, and when, when the rain comes, mm. it's, if you have hard packed soil and has poor nutrients, the rain doesn't have a place to take into the soil. And so you're becoming that man. Well, well done. Thanks. It's, you know, it's, it like, like we talk about, it's messy. It's hard. It ends in, you know, tears and bloodshed sometimes, but it's, it's good work. And um, I've heard you use this word over and over again, and I would love to hear your, if you could describe it in a sentence or two, beauty. What is beauty to you? Because you have a great way with describing these, these great pictures around kind of its effect on us and, and, and beautiful things, but how would you define it so that we know it when we see it? That is deep waters. It is deep because we oversimplify that. Okay. So I'm going to offer a few thoughts and I'm offering them in love for you. Yeah. Because you are the like-hearted and I am hoping, I'm hoping there are some listeners that really um, are wanting to go here, but if they're not, we bless them and for another time. Frederick Buechner um, saw a beautiful woman and he wrote, he wanted the beauty. And he said, it wasn't her. It was the beauty he longed for beyond the beauty he longed for in her. Mm. It's so important because my wife is beautiful, but what I want actually isn't her it's coming through her and it's so important dan because if we stop at her two things happen she has pressure to Mm -hmm. be the beauty in our life in everything we need for beauty and secondly she'll never satisfy Mm -hmm. that will never last we are made for beauty. We are made to embody it, imbibe it, be infused with it in every expression. It's beauty is meant to comfort, to caress, to lavish, to care. And beauty is meant, Dan, to say something to the soul that you are worthy of love and belonging because you exist. Mm. Not because of who you are. Beauty says you are worth it because you exist. Beauty says, I have more than enough. Come to me, be safe, be nourished. You can rest here and you will be fully satisfied. Beauty was meant to have a sort of response in our soul. As I says in Isaiah 66, that we will burst with joy and feel 10 feet tall. And that is apart from accomplishment. That's apart yeah. from achievement. When we are infused by beauty, we can leap with joy and feel 10 feet tall. And that's what Isaiah 66 is all about. It's this beautiful prophetic message where we actually nurse, this is crazy stuff, at the breast of God, where we are literally lathered in just the warm nourishment 
of the things of God. And so in answering your question, beauty in some ways is the deepest thing. And it's the embodiment of receiving God as mother. Mm. And I believe that we can only receive God in restoration of God as mother once we have begun to receive God as father. And so that's why we are talking deep, deep waters. And for men listening, I would urge you to start with father because that's really the doorway. Um, it's, it's more accessible in a way on levels of healing, restoration, maturity. And I speak very deeply in that, in becoming a king. But beyond that, it become good soil. Um, there are some deep waters that you can go into receiving God as mother. And there's actually even becomegoodsoil.com slash mother that I, I've gathered some treasures on that page for men that really need to go there. But those are deep waters. And I think what we most long for in beauty is not the beauty, but it's the beauty that we long for beyond the beauty in her. And much of it is rooted in our need to heal the soul's ache for mom that was meant to be rooted in God alone. Mm. I love that. And I'm looking at a, a work that I've been digging into in this area, trying to distill down a bit um, using some methods from uh, my, my buddy, Larry, um, the retired Navy SEAL of like distilling down these concepts, like from categories. So I, I want to try this on you, see what you think after hearing that. I think this is still true of beauty is life, refreshing your soul through the experience of a created work of God. Beauty is life, refreshing your soul through a creative work of God. Through experiencing a created work of God. Experiencing creative work of God. Yes, I believe that's true. I believe that's true. And much, much more. Yeah. That's I love that. Cool. I, I love trying these things on and trying it out, you know, yeah. being, being more of a student. May I, ask, um, may I ask you a question on that? Yeah, absolutely. Can you describe something that was utterly beautiful to you and what its impact was on you? Yeah, um, it was the sunrise at boot camp. Mm. Um, we were on the, the ridge above Crooked Creek Ranch, and a few of us had hiked up there before dawn, and we watched the sunrise come over the mountains, and we just bathed in it and we just felt so joyful and then god surprised us too with a moose like 20 yards up the hill behind us wow. we're, we're like you know hear this mm. yeah because that okay nobody moved there's a bull moose up there like so full, you know awesome. and moose is looking at us like what are you guys doing up here this is where i watch the sunrise wow but even it, that the beauty and the strength right yeah you, you just embodied all of it yeah and and it was so powerful that i wanted to make art after out out of it afterwards like I, I got out my sketchbook and tried to draw what i saw and mm -hmm. and even later you know one one of the guys had taken his uh taken a picture um and and sent it to me later and i, I tried to depicted on in my sketchbook and it was just like i wanted to just drink it in more and more and more yes uh, and and remember that moment 
That's beautiful. Way to go. You, you made yourself available to the beauty. I just love the participation. You had to get up in the dark. You had to crank up there. No one else saw that bull moose other than you guys, right? I mean, in some ways, like that's why yeah. I hunt. I, I hunt. I hunt for stories. I chase wild. I love meat in the freezer, but hunting gets me out early, keeps me out late. It, it puts me in proximity of beauty at times and places that few dare to tread. And that's why, right? You named it. So well done. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I, happy to. I just, I love talking about stories like this. And uh, you know, we, we talked earlier about that, that waterfall that we went behind, that Larry and I went behind with that blues and the greens and just experiencing the, the richness of creation together in this kind of secret place that nobody else really goes to is so cool well beauty ultimately heals because it is an embodiment of god and as men we shut down grief but a, a wound ungrieved is a wound unhealed and to immerse ourselves in beauty and participate with it is often the key to unlock what's below the cynicism, what's below the anger, what's below the, the, the um, disappointment is often just sorrow of a broken heart and a broken story. And beauty has the mm. power to unlock that. Man, I am feeling that right now as you were naming that. I've got some excavation to do later. <laughs> You and I both, buddy. Oh my gosh. So as we kind of rise up from the depths here and round round the corner into third, um, a lot of the guys listening, I mean, you and I are fathers. How can we then initiate our sons and our, our daughters into this journey? So my son's six. My, my daughters are, one of them just turned four. The other one is uh, going to turn two in September. Um, how do we initiate those young hearts into this path? That's a brilliant question. Um, it's, a, it's really good that you're asking that question at your kid's age. They will thank you for asking that question when they are 40. And as one mentor said, if you wanna know how you're doing as a parent, don't evaluate until your kids are at least 40 years old. Okay? That's what I That's wanna That's really think kind, but also uh, kind of scary. Evaluation. <laughs> Now, having said that, yeah, these are deep waters. I actually just finished writing a devotional today. It's like a seven-day reflection that I'm going to offer uh, for Father's Day that has really seven core responses to that question. So that'll be it. Become good soil if people are interested. But if for this moment, the one thing I would encourage men to consider, we offer who we've become. I've been asked that question more than any other question in 22 years. How do we initiate our kids? And if you unpack the question, it's mostly asked out of fear and pressure. I yeah. know I need to do this. I know I want to do this. But somewhere, even un subconsciously, there's fear of how do I offer what I don't have? How do I offer what I didn't get? We offer intrinsically the person we've become. We are initiating our children all the time into being what we are and who we've become. And so my, my answer for this moment would be to turn the question around to say, 
who have you become and who will you become? And if you set your masculine soul in the direction of the belief that the most important thing about a human person is not what they do, it's who they become. And by day and bed decade, you choose to become the kind of person that you would be proud for your kids to become, you will find your way. Mm. So all the work I do at Become Good Soil um, and the message of becoming a king, I mean, it embodies that. I am living it out with my kids right now. I'm really conscientious to not teach out of what I haven't lived. But for this moment, that's important to hold on to. Man, that is so helpful and kind, which is who I've experienced you to be over the years. And, and I really appreciate that. Um, any final thoughts, parting words, where to get in contact with you as we uh, finish our time here today? Yeah, you know, I think what I would say is if men are listening to your podcast, uh, first of all, you're awesome. I, I, I want to listen more. Like I enjoy you. You are kind and strong and curious and winsome and a lover of God. Um, but if they're listening, I think what I would say is it's a path and a process. It's not quick. It's not cheap. It's not easy. But it is life. And it is available to all, chosen only by a few. But I assure you, if you choose to set your heart on pilgrimage, to become the kind of person, the kind of man, in whom God can gladly entrust the care of his kingdom, you will find life. You will find increasing joy, increasing meaning, increasing health and relationship that is beyond circumstances and outcomes. You'll be the kind of person um, that others will want to do life with. It is a path. It is a process. It's slow and steady. And so this podcast is simply an introduction. And so if men are interested in going deeper, there are a few others just like you and women who are interested in being curious about this masculine journey on behalf of those they love. And they can find the, the podcast, the blogs, and then Becoming a King is really just a beautiful book that's the fruit of these 20 years of offering back to the community and to God what he's invested in me. And it has a deep study guide for men that want to walk through the slow and steady process in a, in a video series that's a great introduction to do individually or with your spouse or with a group of men. It's all available at becomingaking.com. Mm. Man, I can't wait for that to come out. So, uh, Thank you so much, Morgan. This has just been life-giving as I think we both knew it was going to be. I really appreciate you and looking forward to the next time we, we get to connect either in this life or the next. And uh, man, just really appreciate you and your time. Thank you so much. Yeah, Dan, really look forward to connecting with you. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Anthem of the Adventurer. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want to keep the adventure alive, join us on Facebook at the Anthem of the Adventurer Tribe group. There we are sharing pictures and videos and stories about all the adventurers were taken in real life. It's great to see that vibrant community there. So if you want to join in and see what's working for others in their adventurous life or what's not working, uh, please go and join us there. And we'd love to see you in there and sharing 
you know what's going on in your life and how you're making it adventurous. You can also follow us on Instagram at Anthem of the Adventurer as well. We post a little bit more uh, regularly there about what's going on in my life and, and how I'm adventuring by myself or with my kids or with my wife or with some friends. And uh, it's a really great uh, platform to be sharing with you guys there. Also, make sure to check us out on the Ransomed Heart Allies Network. Look for the next virtual communities study that we're getting going there. So check us out, ransomedheart.com slash allies. Go out and live your adventure.